Ahoy, mateys! Welcome aboard again. I am your Captain V. And I am your first mate, Telma. We hoped you liked the gruesome stories from the previous episode, but today we will tell you about the vanishing hitchhikers and the Eastern State Penitentiary. So let's batten down the hatches and avast ye! Shiver me timbers! So today I want to introduce you to the vanishing hitchhiker, but both of the stories told today are from the US. There are other descriptions in which he or she is called names such as the ghostly, disappearing or the phantom hitchhiker. This urban legend describes a person that vanishes after it has met up with people and often from a moving vehicle. It was not until the non-fiction book from the 1981 was published by Jan Brunmann that this story expanded to public knowledge. He suggests that these stories can be traced all the way back to the 1870s at least. Similarities to such events have been noticed in other countries around the world such as Korea and Russia. These stories that are told have been distributed from person to person for years and due to that they have developed different variations. One variation includes a person that leaves normally but leaves an item in the vehicle which encourages the driver to make subsequent contact. As the unsuspecting motorist tries to make contact he often ends up not finding the following person, but some relation with its family. When he visits and asks for the following person, its description matches a description of a deceased member of that family. Member that has been killed in some mysterious ways, often involving a car. Another variation involves a hitchhiker asking for a ride. When he gets in a car with another driver, the hitchhiker often gets some strange feeling. When he reaches his destination, the driver disappears. He learns in some abnormal way that the driver was killed some time ago in an accident relating to the same car he rode in. So, but there, there is even another variation that the ghost appears as a person having a conversation with another person, asking them if they believe or have seen a ghost before, and then vanishes in front of their eyes. So, in the 1940s, two American folklorists collected 79 stories on vanishing hitchhikers, matching some of these variations I just mentioned. It is also pretty interesting to mention that another folklorist, called Baumann, wants to trace similar stories all the way back to the 200s. So there was a saint called Christopher who died circa 251. The story about Saint Christopher is so that a child asks him to carry him over a dangerous river. 
This river was so difficult to cross that he almost got lost in the current. When he was over, it is said the child told him that he was doing this job for God. Then the child vanishes. And there are so many unrecorded stories from around the world that it makes it difficult to say when these stories first started. There are so many unrecorded stories from around the world that makes it difficult to say when these stories first started. So now I want to tell you a few stories of such events. The vanishing ghosts comes in the form of both genders or a child. So this first story was in an article and is called The Corpse in the Car. So this story happens to a couple driving to a city. Husband and a wife saw an old man walking along the road. The road was long and nothing inside for the next 50 kilometers. They decided to stop and asked if he wanted a ride. He told them that he had no money to pay for their kindness but accepted their offer. When they came to his destination, he said that he could answer any question they wanted instead of giving them money. So the wife asked him when the war would end. He said in July 1945. She laughed, but he repeated his prediction and added, by the end of their trip, they would have a dead man in their car. So near the city they were going to, an ambulance passed and crashed to a ditch. They asked them if they could drive the patient to the hospital. When they were at the hospital, the patient was dead. So. During the 1970s and the 1980s, there were personal experience stories going around to warn others not to pick up strangers into their cars. This example of a story was so. One summer, a woman pulled into a gas station. As the attendant pumped the gas, the woman told the attendant that she was in a hurry to pick up her daughter who would soon finish her art class. While she was waiting, a man walked over to her car. He explained to her that his rental car had died and he needed a ride to an appointment. The location was just down the road from the, her daughter's class, so he told them that she would be happy to give him a ride. He put his briefcase in the back seat and said that he was going to the man's room quickly. A few minutes passed and the woman looked at her watch. Realizing that she would be late, she drove off quickly, forgetting that the man would come back. She thought nothing of it until she and her daughter pulled into their driveway. She saw his briefcase and realized that she had forgotten him. She opened the briefcase, looking for some sort of identification, but all she found inside was a knife and a roll of duct tape. <gasps> so, he might have killed them. He was probably a serial killer. Probably. 
So it was very lucky that she hurried up or that she forgot about him, basically. Yeah, I wonder if it might be this kind of woman's intuition. Maybe she felt that he was strange that led her to forget forgetting him. I don't know. Yeah, I think mostly she was just lucky because... Yeah, I mean, these stories are used to basically scare people to not picking up strangers in their cars. Yeah. Um, so it was basically just lucky that this didn't happen. But of course, other stories really involve actual ghosts or people that fully disappear in front of their eyes or they at least... Yeah, see them more. But in this case, he just said that he had to go to the to the man's room. Mm. Uh, so, but I mean, these were just stories that were going on around during this time uh, when there were a lot of murders involving uh, pickups, like people picking up people to drive around. Mm. So just to mention another story uh, about hitchhikers is that they have various descriptions and some of them are female. So there was a newlywed couple, Nathan and Heather, which were driving up the northern California coast to spend their dream honeymoon in a quaint bed and breakfast with a seaside view. They had hoped to arrive before dark, but a heavy fog had descended on Highway 1, and their progress was slow. They were at least an hour and a half from their destination as the night fell. If you have ever driven that stretch of highway, you know how tortuous it can be, with its narrow lanes and switchback curves. It was just as when they were rounding one of those curves, they passed a solitary hitchhiker, a young woman in a wispy white dress, standing on the shoulder with the thumb outstretched. Nathan muttered under his breath, good luck getting a ride on a night like this. But Heather said, stop the car and turn around. Please, she is all alone, we have to give her a ride. He said, we are two hours late she said please so Nathan pulled off the road and turned around as they approached the girl from the opposite direction they could see her dress was in tatters her face was pale and gaunt Heather said can we give you a ride as they pulled up beside her oh thank you she said the young woman she appeared in her late teens or early 20s I have to get home. My parents will be worried sick. Where do you live? Nathan asked. Just down the roads, about 10 miles from here. And then she climbed into the back seat. There is an intersection with an abandoned gas station. Across from there, it's a white house with a rose garden. There my parents live. They are waiting for me. As they made their way north, Again, Heather attempted to make conversation, but the girl fell silent and slumped in the back seat, apparently asleep. 
After about 15 minutes, Nathan spotted a dilapidated service station. Is this it? He asked. Hey, is this the intersection? Heather turned to wake the young woman and caught her breath. Nathan, she is gone. What do you mean, she's gone, Nathan said, pulling into the driveway of the White House. How can she be gone? She was right. The hitchhiker vanished. A light came on and two people, an elderly couple, stepped out onto the porch. Can we help you? the man asked. He looked as though he dreaded hearing the answer. Nathan said, I don't know. We were driving and we picked up this hitchhiker, a girl. Then the man said, and she gave you this address. And she asked you to bring her home. Yes, Heather said. And then she was gone. Heather nodded. You are not crazy, the old man said, and you are not the first. She was our daughter. Her name was Diane. She passed away seven years ago and was killed by a hit-and-run driver on the highway. They never caught whoever did it, and I guess her spirit won't rest until they do. Nathan and Heather were speechless. The elderly woman said, Do you want to come inside for coffee or tea? You've had a shock, so come in and sit down. Then Heather said, No, thank you, but no, we have to get going. After exchanging uncomfortable goodbyes, newlyweds departed as they had arrived in stunned silence. So, not everyone has the same belief in these stories and obviously skeptics exist. But because of the excesses in Hollywood, our expectations often involve violence and things that shock us. But these type of stories are probably similar to those we heard when we were young. And these stories and events are very mysterious and mostly unexplained. Now why do these ghosts visit certain people? Is it to warn them? To prevent events? Or is it something else? What do you guys think? What do you think, Thelma? I do think that some of these ghost stories could be real. And... Preventing something happening or warning them about something. Or it could just be ghosts trying to trying to get to their destination. Yeah, I think it's a uh, very fun um, to try to think about why such events are happening or what are their meaning, and especially for those people, this happens to. It's very uh, both frightening and. Yeah, you just hope that this meant something good or that you were prevented for something bad happening to you.
let's listen up because I'm going to tell you about the most haunted penitentiary in America, if not the world. Eastern State Penitentiary. Not only is it the most haunted, it is also the largest and most expensive public structure ever built in the United States. This penitentiary was opened in 1829 and closed down in 1971. It is an absolute huge penitentiary spreading out over 11 acres or 45,000 square meters. It was part of a controversial movement to change the behavior of inmates through confinement in solitude with labor. This meant that they spent time alone in their own cell and were supposed to repent and turn to God. Even when transferring prisons, they had to wear masks so they wouldn't look at anyone. They weren't allowed any visitors. They didn't receive letters. They weren't allowed to look at the newspaper. And they only had one hour per day to go outside and even outside they were alone this just ended up with them turning insane they thought labor solitude and discipline would make the inmates penitent which is where the name penitentiary comes from i looked at videos and pictures online and it looks absolutely terrifying outside it is an old and gray gothic style building and it kind of looks like a fortress and inside it looks, well, like a penitentiary, but somehow scarier. Um, and at the gate, there are two six-foot-tall stone gargoyles snarling and looking like they would pounce at anyone who looks at them. When I look at this building, I feel as though I cannot escape once I go inside. It just feels, it just feels like pure evil. Yeah, when I look at this picture, it really looks like those defensive walls that were kept around the castles in the past. I know, it, it kind of... It kind of does remind me of a castle, but... Yeah, not one of those Disney castles. It just, it just looks awful. Like dark and, and just, yeah, creepy. It could hold up to 400 prisoners and held some very notorious criminals such as Al Capone and bank robber Willie Sutto. There is a rumor that says the haunted penitentiary saw Al Capone transformed into a weeping and terrified mess who would send out blood-curdling screams at night, shouting for Jimmy to leave him alone. And this Jimmy was a James Jimmy Clark. He was one of the victims of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So apparently this Jimmy was haunting Al Capone. What happened um, in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? The St. Valentine's Day Massacre uh, happened in 1929. There were seven men that were murdered and they were in a gang, a Chicago gang. They were lined up against a wall and shot by four people who were dressed like police officers. And this was related to Al Capone? Yes, people say that it was a gang war between Al Capone and Bugs Moran. And that the people, or the men who killed the seven members of the Northside gang, um, were told to do so by Al Capone. So this penitentiary closed in 1971 and reopened in the 19s. 19s. <laughs> so, 
This penitentiary closed in 1971 and reopened in the 90s as a historic site and has been named a national landmark. There have been numerous accounts of human suffering happening inside this gothic penitentiary, despite it trying to uphold a reputation of being humane. In 1833, there was a public scandal which erupted when prisoner Matthias McComsey died after prison officials subjected him to a torturous instrument known as the iron gag to prevent him from talking. What is an iron gag? Uh, the iron gag is a gag that's fit over the prisoner's tongue and it's attached to his arms pinned behind his back. This sounds horrible. It is. That is disgusting. It is absolutely... It's it's such a horrible form of punishment. It's just torture. It is. It's supposed to press down on the top of your tongue. And it prevents you from speaking. It ends up with you drooling excessively and feeling fatigue in your mouth. It's horrible. Other prisoners were dunked in freezing water during winter and placed outside until ice formed on their skin. Other prisoners were also strapped to a leather chair for days. And for very bad behavior, prisoners would be banished into a torture pit known as the hole, which is underground and there is no light. So you had no human contact and no food for weeks. So many prisoners committed suicide and obviously many murders took place, whether that was between prisoners or because of the guards. And British novelist Charles Dickens visited the penitentiary in 1842 and he wrote, I am persuaded that those who designed the system do not know what it is they are doing. I hold the slow and daily tampering with the mysteries of the brain to be immeasurably worse than any torture of the body. As you can imagine, being alone in a dark room for probably the rest of your life is going to turn you absolutely insane. Yeah, they have made many research on what happens to people who are in confinement and it sounds like nothing can be worse than that. Mm. And I think it also explains why it's so terribly haunted. Tortured souls in an evil place is a breeding ground for ghosts. So I don't have a just one story. I have many reports of people experiencing ghosts at this place. So I'm going to tell you about several accounts that I have found online. So people, when they go to this penitentiary, they have heard people crying in extreme pain as if they're being tortured. People have seen orbs or streaks of light appearing and then suddenly disappearing. They have heard people walking through the penitentiary's halls even though there's nobody around. Visitors have often heard someone calling them by their name and then vanishing. Others distinctly recall feeling someone tapping them on the shoulder, but when they turn around, no one was there. Many have reported hearing loud Many have reported hearing loud sadistic laughter. They've also heard cell doors suddenly opening and then slamming shut. And they've heard the sounds of cell door handles jiggling. Many workers who have worked at the penitentiary have quit with no notice, running in fear from some strange, sinister force. 
and there have been multiple reports of people hearing the sound of furniture being dragged across the floors. I found this quite interesting. Many people claim to have fallen sick while visiting the penitentiary. I'm mostly wondering, uh, how was it with people? Could they just actually visit the penitentiary or was it only family members or, or was it just to show their methods? Or I did read that early on they had people visiting the penitentiary to take a look. They didn't obviously visit the prisoners, but, well, they... They, I think they were just looking at the building itself because it's one. Of, it was at the time it was the biggest building in America, so people wanted to come and visit and see. I'm not sure if they actually went inside. Probably just saw it from the outside. But since it was closed in 1971, people have been visiting the penitentiary because it's basically a tourist attraction right now, and they offer ghost tours. So you can go and visit the penitentiary and people who have visited have often claimed to have seen people that ended up disappearing, they've heard voices, they've heard people calling their names, they've felt someone touch them, they've felt people push them and if you make fun of the prisoners they will push you and some people have been hit as well. They felt someone hit them. Why would anybody make fun of the prisoners? There was one account of a, a prisoner whose name was Elmo. And someone who was visiting the penitentiary saw his name written in a book, Elmo. And he was like, ha ha ha, tickle me Elmo. And he felt someone slap him across the face. Oh wow. And, you know, people have also heard screams and footsteps. And I've seen videos online where they do an EVP. EVP? What does that mean? EVP is electronic voice phenomena. Okay. And it's when you use a device to pick up a ghost's voice. It's supposed to tune into that frequency, ghostly frequency. And will you let us listen to this? Yes, I'm going to show you two recordings that I found and you have to listen very carefully because the first one is kind of quiet but you can hear someone saying help me. In this second one the voice is louder and it sounds like the ghost is saying fight them or fight me. We want to give a special shout out to paranormalwarehouse.com for providing us with these EVPs. Thank you so much. Everyone go check out their YouTube channel. What did you think V? Isn't it creepy? So scary. I also found a video online where they captured a ghost on camera and the ghost is walking away from the camera and towards the camera. It's pretty freaky to watch that by yourself. I recommend that you search on YouTube for Eastern State Penitentiary Ghosts and a bunch of stuff will pop up. Oh wow, that's very scary. But what I'm wondering is that this this prison actually didn't close until 1971, so it's actually not that long ago. And was this always till the end that these horrible tortures were 
being performed on these prisoners. I think the the torture devices that they used were used up until the 1920s. Okay. When they decided to stop because they they wanted this prison to be a humane prison. You know, even today prisoners are being tortured in prisons. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and we're not told about it. Yeah, and we're not told about it. Whether they're, I don't think they're actually using devices, but it could be, you know, mental torture, physical torture, where they're getting beaten up. Yeah, most likely. So I can imagine that from, you know, the 1920s up until the 70s, there were probably some, there was probably some shady stuff going on. Former East State locksmith Gary Johnson called the penitentiary a giant haunted house. And he says that one day he was assigned to remove a lock in cell block 4. And he had this feeling that he was being watched. He turned around and he looked down the block. And he knew that there was nobody there. A couple of seconds later and he gets the same feeling. He, is, he feels like he's being watched. He turns around and looks down the block and doesn't see anything. And as he starts to turn down the block, this black shadow just leapt across. He also claims to have seen faces of tortured souls suddenly appear on cell walls. And just to, you know, lighten the mood a bit, because I'm feeling a bit creeped out right now. In 1942, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford Pinchot, whose cat had allegedly been killed by a dog named Pep, sentenced the dog to life imprisonment at Eastern State. The dog even had a mugshot taken and a prisoner number assigned. Whoa, do you have a picture of the dog, or...? Yes, I do. Oh. And his number is 2559. So, pirates, I hope you enjoyed our stories today. Today we talked about hitchhikers and the Eastern State Penitentiary. So join us next time for more spooky adventures. See you later, my buccaneers. <laughs>